Hello and welcome to the Start Here podcast for web development. My name is Dane Miller, and we're here to teach you how to build a career in web dev. You can find us online at startherefm.com. Hey guys, this week we're going to talk about how to transition into a career in web development. It can be front end or back end. We're going to touch on them both and we're going to try to figure out the best way to get in from a different industry. Let's jump in. So the most important thing I think for considering a move to another industry is how related is your current job to that other industry. So if you're in a job where you're a marketer for a technology company, that's gonna be a very different type of a transition into web development than it would be for somebody that's a lawyer who doesn't work with technology startups at all. So it, it definitely depends on where you are coming at this from. So are you in an already specified technology role? Are you, you know, tangential to web development in any way in your career? Or are you like in retail, you know, or like, fast food or some completely different industry and you want to move into web development and you want to get a job specifically probably as a web developer. So even more important than understanding how to do web development, in my opinion, and especially for people that are looking for candidates, it's not so much what you know. It's more how how fast and how efficiently and how well can you learn to know what you don't know. That's the number one thing I will say that people that are looking for new candidates coming out of school are looking for. Um, you know, these can, they don't have to be coming out of school. They can be old or young. I'm just making a point that really it depends on how good you are at learning. Like if you have a hard time learning web development in general and, you know, you struggled for years and years and years just to learn one programming language you could have two problems. One, the first problem is you just don't have the right tools. And that's what we're here to help. Like maybe you just don't know the right procedure, the right order to learn in. And that's what we hope this podcast helps you figure out. The second option that you could be experiencing is that you just aren't very good at learning quickly or efficiently. And I feel like that's something that some people are just are, are that way, but they can grow out of it. They can unlearn that, you know, it's almost like a learned helplessness around learning uh, other material you can definitely grow out of that but i know a lot of people including myself when i first started was it are definitely like that it's very difficult to learn for some of us and it's very slow you know a lot of the times we might not learn the right things you know and that a little bit of that is like the ordering and procedure and stuff that's what we wanted to help with but you know if you if you are just bad at learning then you're going to have to fix that before you go to attempt to switch into web development. That's really the most important thing that I can say is that in this in this industry of technology, not just web development, any sort of programming, any design going on on the web, anything happening on the web or mobile, it's happening with such speed that in intensity it's happening with such speed and intensity that you need to be very adept at at agile education. So like learning as fast as you can and bouncing from one thing to the other while being able to retain all of those things. It's It can be super challenging. I remember I probably on the first two weeks, I think I was introduced to probably 50 concepts or programs or ideas that I didn't know and had to learn. Like, you know, 
just an insane amount of brand new things for me personally. Because I, I started my uh, first job when I was very, very uh, junior, almost too junior. So, you know, and I came in at a, at a pretty high level for a junior. So, I mean, it, just because I was so capable of learning quickly that it didn't matter that I didn't know something because I'd just pick it up, right? And that those 50 concepts... A lot of it was like I would go to the job during the day and like try to do, try to learn as much as I could. And then I would go home at night and really invest all of the time to make sure that I didn't fail at that job. So I always told myself if I couldn't figure it out during the day, I was like, you know what? No worries. Nine to five. I can't figure it out. I'm going to go home and I'm going to literally spend, I have 12 to 8, you know, 15 hours until I have to show show up again at 9am to figure this out. And if I can't figure something out in that amount of time, let's just put it this way. There's nothing you can't figure out in that amount of time, unless it's a very complicated topic, right? Like I'm talking about very specific, um, little actionable things. If you can't figure out something very specific in 12 to 15 hours, then, you know, getting a job as a junior web developer is really going to be a challenge for you. And so that's sort of the, the, what I'm trying to get at here. I'm just trying to illustrate how agile in education you have to be and how scrappy you have to be, especially as a junior. So if you're, if you're a junior and you're landing on a team as a junior, they will understand that and they will help you by mentoring you and other things. But you have to also keep in mind that you're going to have to invest a lot of your own time into learning. It's not just them going to be teaching you. They will do that. Like I remember the first day on my first job, I had to sit with another engineer just to kind of learn what was going on. You know what I mean? You're introduced to a bunch of different topics and they they love to do that. So, I mean, you will have plenty of help, I think, at, at a new job, especially as a junior web developer. But um, you are probably more than likely going to have to go home. I, I, I asked a number of people that uh, are were juniors in the past. I have asked them, did you learn at home in between the day job? Like, did you have to go home and research stuff? And every one of them was like, yes, I did. They would learn a concept at work like object-oriented design if they were very junior and they never heard of that then they would have to go home and like watch videos on it and research it and just figure it out right and apparently this is a very common thing so what i'm getting at is you need to be very capable of learning quickly and in a scrappy fashion so how do we get better at that that's one thing that we need in order to land a career in web development, especially transitioning from another career to this one. Other careers might have a slower learning process. They might have longer um, educational cycles, right? Like sometimes if you're working with a specific software item, maybe that software item hasn't been updated in like 10 years. So that learning cycle is very intense. Whereas on the web, things are updated almost daily if you're working with a piece of software. So your learning and education cycles have to switch a bit. And so I would really just uh, impress upon you the need to continuously learn every night, be learning. That's the best way to get into this rhythm. You you might ask, how can I do that? Like, how can I get better at learning quickly, learning in a way that a, that a web development agency is going to want me to join? Just learn every single night. Learn something new. The concept of 1% better per day is really powerful. So what you want to do is just learn one thing every day. If it came down to it and you didn't have any more time, I would just say learn one new thing every day. 
Now, I, w- I will say it's obviously better to learn as much as you can every day. So I, I think there's a point of diminishing return after a bit. Maybe if you spent 20, you know, 20 hours a day learning, that would be bad, or even 15 hours a day. Maybe that would be too much. But what I'm getting at is if you spend an hour learning per day uh, versus 10 minutes learning per day, it, it's not just a 40-minute or 50-minute increase it's an exponential increase of knowledge it's this exponential sort of idea ping-ponging effect that happens inside of your brain the way that you learn the way that a lot of us learn at least if we're reading or watching or taking notes or kinesthetic learners when we're engaged in the learning process if we're firing a bunch of neural connections that are brand new and we continuously do that over and over again we're changing our neuroplasticity which is a which is something that you would definitely want to look up or, or research if you were part of uh if you were interested in going into web development cuz it might not seem like it's super related but if you learn more about how you learn then you really can just excel in in pretty much any industry, especially technology, especially web development. So, you know, pick up the book Managing Oneself by Peter Drucker. Pick up or go like take all the personality tests online just to figure out kind of like what type of a learner are you? Does taking notes help? Does speaking into a camera help? Does reading help? Does watching videos help? Do you talk out loud and recite things and then that helps? What type of learner are you? I would ask if you came up to me and you asked, oh, I want to get in, or you said, I want to get into web development as a career. I would probably say, okay, what kind of learner are you? Do you know yourself enough to know, oh, you know what? I'm a kinesthetic learner. There's no excuses here. If you don't know what kind of learner you are, you haven't put in enough, invested enough time in yourself to know that, that's a red flag, right? So that might not be a huge flag. That might not be a big problem, but I'm just making a point that that's, that's a red flag to me. If you were to come sort of ask, cause we do coaching for a bunch of people. We're trying to help them get into the web development industry. Um, and a lot of the times we'll focus on how well do they know themselves first? So like, how well are they capable? How well do they know that they're capable of learning something brand new for the first time? How fast can they learn it? How well can they retain the information? How well can they speak about what they're learning and what they don't know? So that's a huge one. When you're trying to get a job in web development, and you know, I, I know we're kind of bouncing around all over here, but there's a there's a broader point, I think. And that's that, you know, when you're trying to get a job in web development, one thing that often happens is you'll get asked a question that you don't know the answer to. Right. And so this is a huge thing. If you're a hiring manager, I've, I've been a hiring manager for a while. And so one thing that I didn't realize hiring managers look for, and we definitely do, is your ability to enunciate and like, pro, you know, just talk about what you don't know and be like totally okay with it. If you have like a lot of weird anxiety and weird vibes coming off in a meeting, say, Say uh, you go into a meeting with Twitter and you're applying to be a web developer. And let's say it's you listening to this and you don't know enough to do this, but you're doing it anyway for like education. You can you can actually do this. If you don't ever want to work at Twitter, um, you know, you could potentially try to apply there and get into a phone interview just to like kind of see what it's like, you know, what questions they ask and stuff like that. Or you can just go online and read sort of all about what other people have experienced. Anyway, it's a fun little way to sort of see what's going on in 
the bigger companies what they're looking for. But one thing uh, you might that might happen to you is you go to sit down for this interview and then they say, uh, execute like some kind of binary search, right? And let's say you're just in your current state and you don't know what binary search is. So the worst thing that you can do is like get aggravated, get frustrated, you know, try to get, you know, you, you could ask him a question. That's what that he would like that. You know, you could say something like, oh, I'm not really clear on what binary search is. Uh, you know, I've never taken computer science. Can you elaborate in the, you know, just a normal way? And he'll probably, you know, write out some objects in the language of choice and just try to show you visually here's what binary search is. Can you implement this? Because a lot of people can implement things without knowing like technically what the name is. So they, they will do a lot of that sort of explanation. And maybe you, maybe you ask that question and he gives that answer and then you attempt to implement it and you get really frustrated, right? Like you, you know, you're frustrated. You can't quite figure it out and you get aggravated. And on the phone, you're kind of like giving off this weird vibe that's probably the worst thing that you could potentially do to try and get a job somewhere. So what you should have done is you should have just said, you know what? Hey, I, I'm sorry. I don't know this topic very well. Can we transition to something else? Like uh, perhaps something related. Maybe if you do that to a bunch of topics, you step down. So like this is a great sort of mature thing to do. If you're in an interview and you realize you accidentally applied for the wrong job and it's way above your level, this ha that happens sometimes. I mean, it just does. You go into an interview and they're asking these very advanced questions. You can literally just say, hey, you know what? I don't have this knowledge. I don't know what this, this, and this is that you just asked about. And uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bow out. So thanks for, thanks for having me. Like, be the type of person that does that sort of thing. Be the type of person that is very on top of your own self, on your education, on your learning, on top of even bowing out. Like, be the type of person that loves being able to say what is completely honest and completely real in the moment. And so, you know, when you're applying for a bunch of different jobs in web development, they will ask you questions that you need to know the answers to. I'm definitely not trying to say there's ways to worm around actually knowing stuff. I think, you know, you need to know the basics. So all of the topics that we've touched on in this show up to episode, you know, 20 or 19 or 15 or whatever, whenever we started the playbook series, you should probably know all those topics pretty well before you jump into sort of a mid-level or junior application process. And if you know all those topics, then definitely jump in and, and start getting your application out there. I mean, it's okay to get declined from a number of different companies that you apply for. Just learn from it. So it's like that saying, when you fail, you should ponder, right? So every time that you get declined from one of these interviews or one of these companies or your application just gets declined, you should definitely ponder on it. Like, what was it about me? Um, you know, what did I do wrong? And if you're doing things right, you should get hired at your first or second your first or second job, right? And so a couple of sort of key tricks that I will give for specifically being in a job interview type scenario. The first one is you need to be very persuasive. So there's, I, you know, you could have used the term, you have to be a salesman of your own talents. That's what a lot of people refer to this as, but I, I just call it being persuasive. If you're in sales, then you've probably studied persuasion. If you're at, if you're in sales at a high level, you are almost usually a master of persuasion, right? And persuasion can be either good or bad. Persuasion that's bad is obviously 
called manipulation, right? So we don't want to do that, but we want to be persuasive. And part of being persuasive is being able to understand and articulate your own talents. So you need to be able to talk about your projects. You need to be able to talk about what you loved in the past jobs that you've been at. And you need to be really sort of energetic, but not too energetic and also like very excited, right? So as a hiring manager, they're looking for somebody who can learn on the job quickly. So somebody that probably has an advanced uh, history of language. Like, so let's say your resume is like, oh, I went from PHP to Rails to Python in three different projects. And they're all like legit projects. The, the hiring manager would be like, oh, this guy's a learner. He could learn anything. That's huge top of the stack, like right up to the top, literally. And then another thing is you'll often want to talk about things that you love because the hiring manager will be looking for energy and uh, somebody who's energetic. And also it's really nice to sometimes be able to show your own sort of personal integrity to a hiring manager. So if they say something like, why did you quit your last job or why are you looking to move from being a lawyer into web development? Give them a story that is really interesting. Like one time I was looking for an Android developer and one of the guys that I interviewed was a cop and he was looking to transfer from being a cop into being an Android developer. And he hadn't found anybody that would take that shot and just give him the, the chance, but he, he seemed like he knew his stuff. And that, uh, you know, when we were doing the interview, that story was really sort of uh, not touching, but it was like, it was just a good story. It was, oh, he's a cop and he's super knowledgeable about Android and he goes to the Android meetups and it's just a guy that is very invested in what he does. So not just that he's a lawyer or a cop or whatever, it's, it's that he's showing me that he's really energetic about this career switch. So if he was just like, oh, you know, yeah, I kind of want to be a web developer or an Android developer, but you know, I have a Twitter account where I talk about Android and that's about it. He, you know, that would change my opinion of him, right? But he was at every Android meetup in Georgia. He was like doing all this crazy stuff. And so it showed a lot of energy and a lot of energy and passion towards what he was passionate about. He loved the idea of building on Android, building apps and having fun doing that. And that was something that I think, you know, can be very beneficial to you if you're transitioning from a different career into web development. So given all that we've talked about thus far, we've talked about a bunch of different ways that you can sort of look at going into the job interview. We bounced around web development, uh, area, you know, self-education and why that's so important and just the speed at which you have to be a self-educator. And I think, you know, one sort of final bit that, I, that I'll say to wrap, wrap up this section is when you're transitioning from one skill set to another, you need to look, if you really want to advance and stand above the pack, look at how your current skill set applies to the new job. So, you know, like we touched on at the beginning, if you're a marketer and you're transitioning to web development, maybe you transition to front-end web development. Because as a marketer, maybe you have all this education and talent around uh, front-end you know, stuff, right? Front-end stuff being like design, fonts, copy, all that stuff. If you can transition into a field that utilizes and leverages your skill set and your past, uh, it's, it, it's very valuable. And one thing that I will say is it's not just 
that you're utilizing your education or knowledge or experience from the past. It's that you're leveraging. So that, that term leveraging is really important here. So the concept of leverage is just, you know, there's a bunch of different ways that you can actually leverage your own personal talent, right? You can do a bunch of things at the beginning and then, you know, leverage it at, at once and then not have to do any work later. That's a form of leverage. You can, uh, and that's kind of the form of leverage that we're talking about here. And one thing that we need to think about other than just the job interviews and the transitioning and everything like that. And one thing that we're talking about here is, is leverage. So this concept of utilizing all of the talent and skills that you have from your past into your new job. Now, it's totally okay if you can't bring over any skills or knowledge. If you were a construction worker and you're trying to become a Python programmer, I'm not sure how many skills would transfer over other than the skills of persistence, hard work, intensity. Like there's some skills that will transfer over in a meta context. And but, you know, let's say you're um, like I said, a marketer or some something else tangential to technology. Maybe you have skills that directly tie over. So really do the analysis on where you are now and where you're going to be in the future. So let's say at a company right now, you're working as a QA guy and you eventually want to transition into web development. So this is like an incredibly leveraged position to be in. You are super leveraged. And what that means is you have all this talent with quality assurance, QA, you know, checking uh, what web developers code, writing tests maybe, uh, but even if you aren't writing tests or any code at all and you're just doing QA in the manual sense, then uh, you have the ability to leverage all the work that you've done working with web developers, right? You've been in their community. You totally understood them. You've probably been in the same room with them in previous you understood their work output. You understood, uh, perhaps you asked questions of them when you when things were broken. And so you kind of understood their thought process when debugging development and, um, you know, other things like that. When there's big critical system failures, maybe you were involved in that. And so you understand how they respond, how they react at a high level. Maybe you're working with really senior level people. And so you even have a better idea. If your team is full of juniors, then obviously you want to take that with a grain of salt. But if your team is mid-levels and senior Seniors, you have an amazing viewpoint, vantage point for this transition. So the way I would recommend you go about that in that specific scenario is you leverage all of that knowledge that I just said, and you apply it to how fast and efficiently you learn web development. You already have the jigsaw puzzle for you if you're a QA guy right now, and the jigsaw puzzle says web development at the top. It's filled in probably like 30% at random spots. So you just have to fill it in the rest of the way. And you need to be efficient about it such that you don't relearn stuff that you already know. So really do an analysis on what you know, how you know it, and how well you know it so that you can eventually learn a little bit more and fill in that jigsaw puzzle. When you have that puzzle completely filled in, even if you don't, even if it's like 70% filled in, I would start applying for jobs. And at the point in which you fully understand how to articulate your experience is the point at which you'll get hired. I, I guarantee you, if somebody came to me and they were like, oh, you know, I want to join your team as web developer. I used to be a QA guy. Here's the 20 ways that everything I did as a QA guy 
is going to transition to me being perfectly applicable for this web development role. And I totally know the development uh, teams. I know the environment. Uh, sorry, the caveat is that I would be, I, let's pretend I'm hiring for a junior. If I'm hiring for a mid-level or a senior, this isn't going to work, right? Because you have to actually know your stuff. But if I'm hiring somebody who's a junior and he comes to me and he says, oh, I used to be in this one job for like a year or six months or whatever, anything, and it was in a team of web developers, uh, I was the QA guy, boom. He immediately knows more about the culture of web development than somebody who's fresh out of college and is just a computer science major. So there's a lot to pick and choose from when you're trying to hire somebody. And I would really recommend that you analyze how much you think is purely how knowledgeable you are. Because I can tell you this, like it's it's barely ever fully about how knowledgeable you are. Like, yeah, if you go and apply for Facebook or Twitter, or some of these huge companies like Google, you'll have to do a lot of whiteboard programming, right? So you will have to do that. There's no escaping this this idea that you will have to show what you know. You will have to do that. You better know it enough, 70%, you know, towards knowing enough to get the job. I would start applying at that point. And there's no way we can get around the fact that we definitely need to know our stuff. If you're a junior, you don't need to know as much as a senior or mid-level guy, but especially if you're applying to these big companies. I will say, though, that they expect you to understand everything that a computer science course would teach you if you're going into a junior role at a big, big company, because they take that stuff very seriously. If you're applying for a startup or a smaller company as a very, very junior level role, a web development junior, maybe like even an intern type role, uh, maybe not an intern, but a junior and actual salaried web development role, uh, I will say you can probably get away with not knowing much if you're really quick at learning. You could probably get away without knowing that much, but you still have to understand the basics. So you should, everything that we've done in this show, I would understand all of that, at least to the point at which we've described in the episodes. Those are very introductory level episodes. I would definitely do a bunch of projects. You have to have those projects. So utilize the free uh, project methodology, which is like, just make your own stuff. So, you know, you build your resume with stuff that you made yourself. Make a personal site, build a blog, get a... Uh, Python framework, a Rails framework, build a build a library application or something. Just build anything and kind of pad your resume with your own personal projects. And the point isn't just to like pad the resume. I hate that I use that term. The point is it's very important. You need to build your own projects. Like people say this all the time. Oh, I can't get a job here because they expect me to have five years experience or one year experience doing it. But how do I get the experience unless I don't have the job? What is that mind state? What is the mind state? Uh, like that doesn't make any sense. If you, if you really sit and think about it for a minute, the complaint that a lot of people have these days that says, how do I get the job experience if they won't hire me until I have the job experience? That complaint doesn't make sense because you can just do it yourself, right? Now in technology, we're very lucky that we can do that. In some industries, maybe you can't do that. Maybe if you're a truck driver and they require you to have two years driving trucks, but you literally don't have any trucks. And, you know, I don't know. I'm just making a point that there's some industries where you probably couldn't actually get that job. And I totally feel that. But in technology, that excuse is is literally just that. It's just an excuse. And it's not going to keep you from getting a job because you can learn and have that experience all on your own. 
So get a buddy, do it on your own, find somebody on Twitter, reach out to them, uh, ask them if they want to help you build a personal project to put on both your resumes, make it cool, make it impressive, make the design fun, make it something fun that you love to do. Enjoy the process. If you enjoy the process of doing this website and these personal projects and putting them on your resume, then you're really going to enjoy your job. You're going to love it. When you get that job, you're going to absolutely love it. So that was a few ways to sort of the, the, so that was a few ways that I think one could go from a different career into web development. Those are just a bunch of random topics that I think somebody should be thinking about. Pretty super random, but those are all somewhat important topics in my opinion. All right. Thanks guys for tuning in. I hope this episode was helpful and I hope that you gained some value from this. If you didn't, please write me and let me know Dane at starthere.fm. And if you did like it, write me and let me know as well. I mean, I'd love to hear any feedback that you have. You can leave a review for us on iTunes and we actually have some exciting things coming up. We have some new shows that are launching soon. We have a book club show. We have a daily show. These are all shows that we're going to launch here very soon. And it's really exciting. Uh, and also check out Start Here Ruby on Rails. I know a lot of you are interested in Ruby or maybe you're listening to this, but you're also picking Ruby or Rails as your first language and framework. If so, these two, these two shows complement each other very well. And the cadence for these shows has slowed down a bit since Keith left us, but uh, we are definitely starting to pick that back up and get into the groove of things. So I really appreciate you guys bearing with us. All right, guys, keep learning. See you next week.